Creative Zombie Studios presents the Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian from Indianapolis. This is his show. If you don't think it's funny, remember, comedy is subjective. This is the third episode of Subjective Comedy under the Creative Zombie banner. They haven't gotten rid of us yet, and we are joined, of course, by producer BS. He doesn't have a mic. Uh, Michelle behind him. Nika from the Battle of the Sexes episode. She refuses to speak into a mic, even though she had a show. Speaking of that show, the two L's, we have her co-host, and she may become our new co-host. Welcome, Danielle. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. How are you feeling? Fantastic. How does the studios look? A bit of um, messy. Messy. He's a fucking slob. And now he's got wildlife wandering through. <laughs> There's a wolf. Um, so, Danielle, tell us about yourself. What is the most important thing people should know about you? The most boring thing people should know about me important. is that I. Oh, I want to go with boring. Okay. So there's nothing boring to know about me. That is the perfect way to start off an interview is to misunderstand <laughs> the category and then outright refuse to not answer the question and then not answer the question. I like your style. Okay. I'll try to make it easier. Uh, and I guess I should do something for this. What got you into podcasting? Um, my two friends, BS and Michelle. The BS is the podcast producer and... Michelle um, is Nika, who just we, left the room because she was worried a microphone was getting too close to her. We were out talking, talked about something, said, um, oh, that should be a podcast. And then we started recording episodes. Okay. And uh, where are you from? I am from Indianapolis, Indiana. Born and raised. Yes. I lived in California when I was a child for a brief time. But Indiana is... When le- weed was legal? Uh, no. Oh, that's in the eighties. There was cocaine. lots of there was lots of weed. It just wasn't legal. Uh, and how much of this did you indulge in as a child? None. So a little bit of a prude. Um, I was and I was seven. Where, what part of Indianapolis? West Side. West Side. Yep. So you are in a gang. Yes. Bloods or Crips? Um, neither. Ooh, independent. A yeah. vice lord amongst us. <laughs> So, uh, what do you do for a living? I work at Target. Ooh, that's hence the fancy red polo. Yep. Um, what do you do at Target? I, you have to do like everything, right? Um, I pretty they don't much have do, departments. Um, we kind of have departments, but we also are expected to do to do other things. Like if they need backup cashiers, we have to go up and cashier. Um, if the service desk is backed up like today, I had to go up there and do the service. How long have you worked at Target? Um, now it's only been a year and a half, but before I worked there for six years. What's your least favorite time of the year? At Target? Yeah. Because I've noticed most retail people are 50-50 on the time period in my head. That's a cliche answer, but go ahead. Um, honestly, anywhere from February to October because it's bathing suit season. Oh, Okay, do explain. And I I work in the clothing department. Um, We have tons of bathing suits. People try them on. Uh, You have to put them back, fix them on the hanger. There's just lots of bathing suits going in and out. I thought you were going to say, like, you know, people like me come in and try on thongs. Uh, We don't have thong bathing suits. We don't sell them. Um, Is that a moral thing? 
I don't know. We have cheekies. Uh, they're they're as close to the thong. What are cheekies? Cheekies go higher. They cut like in the middle of the cheek. Okay, like juicy shorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not a full cheek coverage. So I noticed you didn't say holidays. No, because I, hol- I said I think most retail people are split. I like the holidays yeah. because you're so busy that time flies by and you don't even realize like what's yeah. happening. There's tons of work, um, so it's busy. But they also hire more people. Oh yeah, then you get new people that you can make do all the shit. Yeah, yeah. That and is then, the best and part. And then you don't have to do as much. So I was the master of that at Best Buy. And the holidays. Um, that would we would have. I'm glad I don't work there anymore, Best Buy, because <laughs> otherwise we would have a Bloods and Crips situation ourselves. Oh, that couldn't happen. But continue. I would prevail in that one. Um, but so holidays are. You get time and a half on holidays too. Do you work every like? President's Day and Columbus Day, which should not be a holiday. You don't you don't get time and a half for Columbus Day. But yeah. You shouldn't. <laughs> but do you work the other holidays? Because I used to request them. Oh yeah. It's time and a half. That's the only day. I hate the people that go on Facebook that are like, I can't believe these stories are open on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. I love th- I love working on Thanksgiving. Me you get you get too. time and a half. And I don't really have much of a family. I don't like Thanksgiving food. So, <laughs> like all of it, all of it. I don't like turkey. You don't like mashed potatoes. I like mashed potatoes, but that's an everyday food. That's not a Thanksgiving food. I think you think of mashed potatoes with Thanksgiving. I think fried chicken. You don't. You don't, don't go straight Thanksgiving. to Thanksgiving. So, okay, but let me ask you this: When you think Thanksgiving, do you think mashed potatoes? Turkey oh, stuffing. Oh, stuffing over the sweet, po- sweet potatoes, cranberry. No, no, no. The the pecking order is turkey. Mashed potatoes, and honestly, mashed potatoes is putting up a good fight for the throne. See, I, I, you can have mashed potatoes today, and it's not a holiday. It's you can have anything. turkey today. Everything everyone in this room just mentioned is available now. Not like, not the big bird. You can get cold cuts turkey. No, you think you can get a big bird. No. Like, you can what go to every, KFC and get you know some what? mashed potatoes Can we do right live now. calls on the show? Because I want to call a supermarket right now and ask them if they have a big turkey. No, cooked. Like, you have to cook it. I meant, like, you can't go to a restaurant and be like, I need a slab of turkey. Have you not been to a Boston market? Uh, not when they had turkey. Don't they have turkey all the time at Boston No, market? I'm pretty sure they only have it during Thanksgiving. <sighs> and maybe Christmas. Maybe Easter. Boston market doesn't have a lot of dark meat. <laughs> They do, but then they run it out. They um, also have mashed potatoes. So uh, one strike against you with the Thanksgiving uh, answer, but you're still in the game. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so what's your favorite time of year? What's your favorite holiday going off of that? Halloween. <clears throat> Mine too. Hands we'll down. We'll have to do a big Halloween special episode. Yes. That's your guys' favorite holiday too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, my daughter wants you to do her makeup, Nika. Love dressing up. You can say something. Okay, there, there, that was her. <laughs> Did you pick that up? Nope. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, uh, well, let's find out more about you. Did you play any sports in high school? No, I, I was a cheerleader in uh, elementary school. Oh, no, that's not a sport. And then I was a pom-pom girl in junior high. What is a pom-pom girl? It's a, like a pacemate, the girls that dance during halftime. Okay. It's a pom-pom girl um, in junior high. But what's the difference between a pom-pom, so... Pom-poms don't cheer. They don't yell out uh, cheers. They you just, don't lead the crowd. Right. They just dance during, they're just the halftime show. So you found the more selfish approach. You found selfish cheerleading. Yes. 
Nice. And it's, and it's one time. You do it during halftime. That's it. Why did you stop before high school? They don't have. They didn't have pom pom girls at my high school. And you looked down on cheerleaders. And yeah. So you were just you were out of the game. I, w- I was too good to be a cheerleader. Did they try to get you to join like the cheerleading squad? No, because the cheerleaders I thought were like stuck up snobs, and I didn't really. like What well, high school them. did you go to for our local audience? Ben Davis. Ben Davis. Ah, so you have been around some black people. A lot. Um, so you obviously have a preference. I about have it. a preference towards no guys. No. Oh, you're a lesbian. No. Oh shit! Damn, I, you and my daughter could have bonded. If you would have been into younger girls, six years. Uh, if you come from money, if you come from money. Um, so that's, that's my um, prerequisite too. Do you have any? I have to come from money. Yeah. Well, then we will never date. Have you? Uh, do you have any kids? I do. I have a 24 year old son. Well, he'll be 24 what? on the 25th. Yes. How old are you? I am 43. You look good for forty three. Well, thank you. I thought we were. I thought you were younger than I am. I have a two year old granddaughter daughter too. What? Yeah. So he had a kid when he was twenty two. Yes. Was it intentional? Uh, no. I know that feeling. Was not intentional. Is it a granddaughter or grandson? Granddaughter. Granddaughter is her mom on heroin as well, and out of the picture. She's not. No, good for her. I know. She's really winning. Um, In the one percenters. So you have a two year granddaughter. Uh, do you, does she call you grandma or I mean, does she talk yet? I don't know. I, it's so bad. I had a kid, but I don't remember when Harper started talking. I don't know her she, first word. She talks, but you can't understand what she's saying. She knows what she's saying. Does your son call you grandma? No, I'm granny. Actually. Going, you chose granny? I did. I chose granny. That's the oldest sounding of all the nomenclature. And yet I don't look old at all. Cause what's oh, so very ironic. ironic. Yeah. yeah. What's the, what's the tear? It's. As oldest, granny, right? It's your top tier. I, then grandma. Yeah. Or wait, or nana. What sounds older? Nana or grandma? Grandma. Grandma. So then nana. And is then you there, got mamaw too. Ooh. I feel like mamma and nana fight for third and fourth. Yeah. Bruce BS, what'd you call your grandma? Grandma. Grandma? I call Nika. my grandma grandma too. Nika, what'd you call your grandma? We were all grandma. Yeah. We're all kind of close to the same age group, though. That is true. My grandbaby, though, since she was little, like very little, when we would say granny, she would start saying nini. So she kind of calls me nini. So she might be. Yeah. So. Yeah. She already is special because she's mine. But. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. So she's already. So are you going to let her keep nini or is this going to be a certain point in time where you're like, it's fucking grandma. I'm fine with Nini. Or Granny. I'm fine with Nini if that's what she wants to call me. Is that that's a, I've not heard that. Have you guys heard Nini before? I've not heard fucking grandma. Oh, you should you should hang out <laughs> at some of the clubs I work. Um, so this podcast, I told you, it's a, it's a lot of just talking about random stuff and life experiences. So I'm gonna tell you about my life experience from this past weekend. Okay. Uh, those familiar with the Brad Scott Podomatic Cinematic Universe are very aware. Of a comedian named Daniel Sloss. Are you familiar with him? No. You will need to watch both of his specials here. Is he on Netflix? He is on Netflix. Okay. Um, and he has become a smug asshole since, if we're going to be real. Since he got on Netflix. Since he got on Netflix. I probably would, too. So he had to two honest. specials, Dark and Jigsaw. Uh, Dark, 
uh, talk. He has an experience at a comedy club in Indiana where he does a joke about religion. Half of a group walks out offended, yelling, and the other half of the group that stays, the guy brandishes a gun at him. That was the weekend he and I met about six years ago. Mm. Since then, comedians, we have weird uh, relationships with, I mean, obviously with people, most of us are single because we're not good at them. But we, even <laughs> our friendships are are different than the norm because like, I'm very rarely in the same state as like some of my best friends. Like rarely are we in the same vicinity because usually you're out working the road <laughs> or I mean, I'm like, when you guys come back to Indy, I'm not out there. And, uh, <laughs> some, and then you kind of just build your friendship through, you know, chatting on social media and stuff. And he, uh, Daniel Sloss and I become pretty close and, uh, he is my daughter's godfather and he, we went and saw him in Detroit. He had a special that he was recording his third Netflix special called Now in Austin, Texas. And so I arranged a trip. I went to Little Rock, Arkansas the weekend before to punish myself and uh, hosted a show all week at the Looney Bin uh, for Patrick Melton, who I should have gotten an interview with, but we were both just very depressed because Arkansas. Right. Um, and then I went to Austin. Now, the first night I stayed in an Airbnb. Have you ever stayed at one of those? I haven't. That was my first experience. Yeah. And uh, the whole thing, the whole thing seemed like the start of a scary movie where I'm going to get abducted and murdered. What what kind of Airbnb was it? Was it like a room it was, in a so house? Or? It was a beautiful girl whose name I don't remember. Uh, her house and she had a bedroom. Okay. Like an extra bedroom. And, and she was, rented the bedroom out. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I thought, because on her, her description, it's like, the I, I can be as around as much as you want or out of the way as much as you want. I'm flexible. So I was like, oh, we'll hang out. Like, uh, uh, I went and got some ciders. Did she have guns or like, this seems really unsafe? For me or her? For her. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I think she, she like like a, a rifle rack I think on she the saw me and she was like, I could take him. Okay. So we, I thought we were going to like hang out though. And then, uh, cause that's what she said. And then I, I get, I take a shower cause I've been driving all day. And did you have your own bathroom or did you yes, have to use hers? Yes. It was a separate. Okay. She had one, I think in the master bedroom. Okay. So I got out of the shower and I was sitting in the living room and I can hear her watching like a Netflix show. And so I was like, okay, she's probably finishing this episode. And then I hear another one. I'm like, Oh shit, I don't think she wants to hang out with me. So I went and did an open mic, came back, slept. It was great. It was a great experience. Then the next night, I stayed at a Super 8 motel. Okay. Now, this had a 3.8, I believe, on Priceline rating. That seems pretty high for a Super 8. It, right? I thought so too, but I'm like, oh, it's Austin. Right. Like, have you have you been familiar with Austin, Texas? Um, Two years in a row, 2017, 2018, it was voted the best city to live in. Really? It is. It has Just this not reputation. At the Super 8. It is like, oh, definitely not the Super <laughs> 8. It is like, so Texas is very conservative. Yes. Like Eric Guns and no abortions and all that. And then Austin is like this little liberal pocket. It's right in the middle of okay. Texas. And that's why it's kind of a, you know, uh, I think become a, a popular thing because it is this unique, weird place. I've heard place. it's really pretty. Uh, it is, except for the Super 8. So, I will say this, Austin does, Austin, Texas does support, like, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs, because there was a woman making a lot of money, 
across the hall from my room. Um, not keeping most of that money, I'm guessing, because she was also clearly on heroin. So they rent the room by the hour is what you're saying? Pretty much. Okay. And I got the room right across the hall, which okay. is convenient. Uh, you know, late night smack and smack. Uh, <laughs> but very annoying and very dangerous. Uh, I have a small pocket knife that I keep for protection because I think it's going to protect me somehow. And I slept with it. In your pocket? For about an hour and a half because the beds were disgusting. And so I left there and went to Orangewood Inn and Suites. These, and I think I talk about it on the uh, interview we have coming up, were sneaky, shitty rooms. Do you Did you book all three of these before you went? No. Okay. As I was there. Okay. Uh, I also drove some Lyft. Because, uh, so here's the thing, when you're, I'm based in Indianapolis, when I was in Wichita, Kansas a few months ago, I just got bored and I turned on the Uber app and Uber was like, hold on, hold on. You're not in Indianapolis. You can't drive. And then I turned on the Lyft app and Lyft was like, fuck it. What are you trying to do? Hide a body? Go ahead. You're in Wichita. Have fun. And so they are really shady and relaxed. So I was driving uh, Lyft all day and then I just get a hotel that night and I had the Orangewood Inn Suites looked like they were very nice hotels. Like yeah. the photos looked very modern. The orange theme helped that out Did a lot. Did you look up the rating before? It or was you- a moderate rating, which I'm starting to think people in Austin, it's either the heroin prostitutes doing all the ratings <laughs> or they just don't know shit because it was like another like high threes, low fours maybe. Yeah. And I checked in and I my room and I saw, first of all, I got the king suite. I shouldn't have expected much on the $6 was upgrade. Was there a hot tub in the corner? No. Oh. It was literally, I think, like, you know how they upgrade you on, like, American Airlines, and it means you get, like, an extra four inches of leg room? Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. I got about four inches of leg room in the hotel room. Okay. And I look over on the nightstand, and I immediately see a landline phone. Oh. And then I look around the room. Not a USB charger to be found. Sneaky, shitty room. Yeah. They put up all these and orange curtains. there was probably, curtains. like, one plug-in, too. For an outlet? Yeah. One that worked, yes. <laughs> but then it had plenty of ones that are just very loose, so as soon as you plug the charging block in, it just immediately falls out. Yeah. I don't, I was overstocked with those. Um, and so I was posted up there for the next three days uh, because it was it was safer. Like, there was no, you know, human trafficking going on It sounds in like the, the Airbnb would have been... She was going on a trip. Oh. I know, because I, that was only like twenty something dollars. Oh, okay. And the uh, even the Orangewood Inn and Suites uh, was like sixty a night. Oh, uh, yeah, I ran out of money quick. I literally was having to like message people, message people. Uh, to I was like, hey, can you PayPal me some money? <laughs> I was like, my phone got shut off when I was in Memphis, like halfway home. I had to go back a little ways to Arkansas and do a couple of lifts once I get my phone turned on to get the gas money. It was an ordeal. Uh, but I was there for uh, in Austin for my friend Daniel Sloss's Netflix special. And I tell you what, that was obviously the highlight uh, of the trip. And it was amazing. He is amazing. He's going to become a comedy icon after this special. It was... Uh, he had someone yell, the, the fourth Reich will rise again. During the second show. Okay. And it became a thing, but it was, uh, they kicked him out. Uh, but he handled it very well. Uh, there were a lot of other little things that kept like, that were beyond anyone's control, whether it was the crowd or whatever. 
Uh, his mic lapel came off a little bit in the first show. And again, just handled it like a complete pro. The tapings have to look amazing. Uh, I got to meet Kai Humphreys, who is his podcast co-host and one of uh, his best friends from the Cross the Pond. And Kai Humphreys is one of the funniest human beings I've ever met. Uh, we get done with the uh, uh, special. Hold on. I lost my train of thought. Born in the USA. There it is. Get used to that. So we were talking about the Bruce Springsteen song. Myself, Kai, and Daniel's mom, uh, Dr. Sloss, a very, very cool woman. And we looked up Born in the USA lyrics, and he has lyrics where he says, Take me to a foreign land where I kill the yellow man. And we were like, oh, fuck, the boss is so anti-Asian. And apparently it's within a context of he's making a point or whatever, but it just sounded weird. And so Kai and I started saying just like we would zing somebody, you know, Uh, and then just kind of wait a second to just born in the USA. And then it developed into just say it whenever there's two seconds of silence. So like after bad news, like, sir, I'm sorry, but the cancer is spreading. Born in the USA. We just got word a second plane has hit the North Tower. Born in the USA. So every time on this show we have awkward silence, we're going to get that. So you came up with that this weekend? Kind I did, yes. The pinnacle of comedy, the mountaintop. Yep. In Austin. Everyone else can quit, by the way. All other, You can give up. We figured out the perfect joke. It is born in the USA because like, it's one of those things where it seems kind of stupid and dumb at first, but then the more you hear it, the better it sounds. Born in the USA. It'll get funnier around episode six. Oh yeah. What else I did in Austin? Check this out. I had an interview with a very interesting person. Who? She was my Uber driver. Her name was Virginia Heaven. Oh. Now, I learned a lot of things during this. uh, No, no, no. Her real name. Virginia Heaven. H-E-A-V-I-N. Oh, okay. Uh, And she was my Uber driver one night. And so... She was very interesting and just Why did you very need an Uber driver if you are an Uber driver? Um, because uh, my headlights went out. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't figured out I could use fog lights and trick everyone. That's what I'm doing now. Um, so I Ubered the last couple of nights just around. And, well, and also, wait, no, that might have been Saturday when I was fucking hammered. No, it was Thursday. Because we did the interview Friday. Um she came by the hotel. We talked. I learned a lot of interesting things, including that she is a witch. Okay. She does a tarot card reading, and we talk about a lot of dark stuff. Did she do a tarot card reading on you? Yes. Live on the air. Did you like it? Was it good? I don't believe in any of that, but I'm very polite. So it was interesting. It was very interesting. Okay. But no, like I, I treat that like I do horoscopes. They're fun to read and I think they're very interesting, but I don't believe any of them have any sort of truth or science behind them. Right. But we do have a good conversation. The one salty thing I had with her was, don't say that. <laughs> the one issue I took with her was 
that she waited until after we recorded the second time when I had to like get in the shower to go leave for Daniel's show to tell me that, by the way, her father is the billionaire inventor of Curves, the gym franchise. Oh. Yeah. So here's my discussion with Virginia Heaven, live from the Orangewood Inn and Suites in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I will have an interview with Daniel Sloss in the next few weeks. I better be heading to Boulder, Colorado to hang with him and Kai in a couple of weeks. We'll either do it then or we'll do it when he comes to Indianapolis. If you're in the Indianapolis area, go check him out at the Old National Center, July 21st. There's still some tickets available. Uh, we want to thank Bottoms Up. While technically not a sponsor, they're always included in the show. Of course, we thank Creative Zombie Studios and Sea uh, Vapes. Avon, Indiana needs to vape, and Sea Vapes will make sure they've got it. Check out Sea Vapes right there off of uh, 36, and they are actually the proud sponsor of our headliner for this month's Red Curb Comedy uh, stand-up show. Brent Terhune, Mr. Turkey himself, is going to be headlining Red Curb Comedy in Avon. Check out redcurbcomedy.com slash standup with the dashes in between shows. All right, enjoy this interview. I'm sitting here with Virginia Heaven, and we are enjoying some Texas whiskey. It is stolen rock and rye. Or wait, it's stolen the brand? Yeah. <laughs> or stolen how you... Steal it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> We're sitting here drinking some of this nice stolen whiskey. It is literally corroding through the cups. We are both double cupped. You have a condom on yours. <laughs> Woo. Raw honey and orange peel. Tastes kind of like that shot top beer. That's what it reminds me of. This is a... Is, so whiskey is big at Texas. Home brews are big. So we have a lot of... We have, you know... Our own vodkas, our own whiskey. Um, the only thing I really haven't seen is our own tequila. We're so close. To it's Mexico. so close to Mexico. Right, right. So we are in the Orangewood Inn, um, and we were talking about this uh, before we started recording. So I met you last night. You were my Lyft driver. Uber. Uh, Uber driver, sorry. That's and it's insulting. Same thing. Same no, thing. it's insulting. And I do both of them. Uh, me too. And so. So this is this was I'm standing. I went to Applebee's to get something to eat. My car, one of the headlights is out, so I couldn't take it because out of state plates uh, in Texas. I don't want to deal with those police. So I Ubered over to Applebee's as I as you're pulling before probably about five minutes before you get there. There's this older Hispanic woman, probably not older, like like probably late forties. Right. Or early thirties no, with wear and tear. That. No, she was like <laughs> I'd I'd put her well into her fifties. And she was sitting in the passenger seat of a car and she was staring at me. And I kept being like, Oh, this is so uncomfortable which is kind of fucked up because if she would have been attractive, I pro <laughs> I would not have I would have been like, All right, you know, like but because she was this older, scary looking woman, I was nervous. And then I hear her throw a can, and she throws a can of, like, I don't know, four loco is what it looked like, <laughs> on the ground. And then she gets out. She kept asking me what time it was. And then she got out of the car, and she asked me what time it was, and I was like, 1 a.m. And she comes up and stands next to me, and she's like, 
staring into the Applebee's. And she goes, I can't believe this motherfucker think he gonna fuck with fuck me over. <laughs> I was like, okay. Maybe I should have her on the podcast. <laughs> she was like, this motherfucker gonna tell me I can't go into Applebee's because I'm too drunk and leave me in the car uh, and then go, go in there with another woman. Couple things. Maybe you are too drunk if you're just willing to sit in the passenger seat of the car for that walk. Right. You know, like, I feel like a sober person who wasn't too fucked up would be like, well, I'm going to just choose not to do that option. Would never agree to that. Yeah. So she, so then, like, I don't know how long she had been sitting there, um, but she's like, uh, should I, should I get, just take the car and go? <laughs> or burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> and then you pull up, and she's like in the middle of the street, and I go, oh, be careful. And she just goes, well, drive, bitch, then. <laughs> and I go, that's my Uber driver. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, she looked me right in the eyes. Yeah, but yeah, I told yeah. you, she, you were okay <laughs> after yeah, that. I, I had your back. Uh, I'm surprised she was actually in a vehicle. I thought she just wandered off the street. Mm-hmm. She looked. And like, she had the keys. Oh, no. <laughs> that was his mistake. So we, I, and later on in our drive, after we had to drive around to about the about 14 different gas stations, because <laughs> they are all closed, and it wasn't even that late. I mean, it was like 11-something. Right. And uh, we both said that, like, you, or you said actually initially, but that's what I was thinking was I wish we would have stayed and see how that Went like if she would have actually burned down the Applebee's. Uh, I never forgot to check the police fire report today to see if she did. So then you took me to my hotel, mm-hmm. which was the Super Eight here in Austin, and apparently the worst neighborhood in Austin <laughs> on Runberg. They told me that at like as I was checking it. They this they did tell you. That? I was stay, while standing outside in the. This woman walks up and says something to one of the employees, and then he says, uh, no, nah, we're sold out. And she walks towards the highway, like just starts walking on the highway. And I go, what'd she ask you? And he goes, if we would accept that fake-ass ID. <laughs> and I go, that's weird. He goes, man, this is the worst neighborhood in Austin. This shit going to be going on all night. <laughs> so then I go check in, and I go up to my room. And the hallway, we were talking about this thing, how this how this hotel has the tile mm-hmm. floors. Uh, this hallway had a, a very strange pattern. Uh, I told you earlier it was cigarette burns, semen, and <laughs> heroin addicts. Just, just so much, so many heroin addicts on the floor. I thought it was a pattern. Like I was, you know how they say, uh, you know, don't step on the cracker, you break your mother's back. Like I was trying to not step on the heroin addicts, and. I get uh, to my room and I notice that across the hall, uh, we are both kind of, you know, entrepreneurs. There's somebody else was starting another business, prostitution. (laughs) (laughs) Several prostitutes, also on heroin. Some of them just peeling up off the floor. uh, We're we're conducting business all night. So I got to listen to to people going in and out of that room over and over again. And... uh, yeah, I, I contacted Priceline and mentioned that, and they were like, uh, well, we contacted the hotel, and they 
not going to issue a refund. I'm like, oh, shocking. I'm pretty sure they were part of the prostitution ring. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they might have been the organizers of it. And if they're not, they were aware. And I'm like, of course I'm not going to give a refund. I'm like, can I just get a credit? And they're like, no, we can't. I'm like, really? Like, you can't give me a $50 credit to be like, our bad for the hookers and heroin situation you had. <laughs> So, you get what you get. So I, yeah, I, I didn't stay tonight there. I, I came over here to the uh, Orangewood Inn, and it is, I told you, a sneaky, shitty hotel. And here's what I mean by that. If you look at the photos on Yelp, and <laughs> I mean, it looks like it was built a few weeks ago, and it's this super modern hotel. And they were smart because, like, the orange theme gives it a little something, you know? It gives it a certain look. Uh, especially the book photos, and I got a room that's the King Deluxe is what they called it. The orange wood. Yes, <laughs> and here is the thing: you can look at this room. The like, how can this be deluxe? The bed still fair, barely fits in here. This is not a deluxe room to me. Like, <laughs> I had to move this table so that we could both have a place to sit and have the equipment because there's no like, like when I think deluxe, I think of like the rooms that have the room and then the other little smaller room at least you know connected with the yeah with the couch no yeah that's the suite here right right and uh the i'm realizing these orange curtains are more just like 70s you know it feels like it was a old uh like motel six that they just did redid everything and the one the way i knew immediately that it was sneaky shitty is as soon as i came in and saw that landline telephone <laughs> sitting there like that is the one of the oldest phones and they don't have those in the ni- nicer right. newer hotels it's just a usb plug i don't know it probably goes it's probably just for their aol uh free wi-fi right <laughs> i'm gonna have to like sign in under somebody else's name uh so yeah, it is sneaky shitty. It is it is nicer than where I was, but it's not nice. One great thing about it though, it doesn't stink. No, it does not. It actually is pretty decent. You walk through and you know it has It to is go clean. Home. It right, is very right. clean. And that was what is very important because and last night was not. They were honest with two stars. You know, yeah. that's honest. And I didn't see that, by the way, because I didn't use Priceline. I used, because I stand by when I say I will never use your app again. Yeah. I will never use your app again until you are the lowest price and I need to. <laughs> and I think it's been enough time because I feel like they would check my account to be like, oh, I bet that motherfucker used this today. <laughs> but uh, I went to hotels tonight for this one and it was like, on there it's like a 6.7 or some shit. Really? I just on the Google Maps, you know that's where I should have gone to other places to look. I just when whenever I looked up directions to get here, that's where I saw the rate. I I wanted to use this company called Ignite Hospitality. They find comedians and other people like thirty five dollar five star rooms. You just do a couple social media reviews, like a Yelp review, but they have not responded back to me. So we are. Hoping, I know this is getting recorded on my phone. So if the quality is a little low, it's probably because it's from the phone and not great. I'm trying to record through the sound, traveling soundboard that producer BS uh, gave me. And me and technology, I'm not one of those, I'm too old for everything, guys. <laughs> but there's certain things like this that I just look at and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell's going on here. Like the mic gain part. Uh, producer, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm moving it up. I'm moving it towards Mike because I'm assuming that's. I mean, we're using a mic. 
But I don't know. That could be wrong. You could be sitting there going, oh, God damn it. Why did you take it off game? This is all learned in real time, though. Like, you can't just sit down and play with it and really know what you're doing. I mean, you have to have it hooked up. It's like my penis. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know what I... I still don't know what I'm doing with that. Um... (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, we had the we had the crazy uh, Mexican lady that probably committed arson, and we didn't find a gas station. But then we got to the Super Eight, and it was requiem for a dream. <laughs> Every hallway of the hotel. So we met when we were in the Uber, and we were uh, we started talking, and I just found you fascinating. And we had really good conversation, and I need interviews. And you were kind enough to not only bring me uh, a cup of this harsh Texas whiskey, but share some uh, some stories and everything else. So uh, I asked about your passions and hobbies. First of all, since you're not a comedian, we'll talk a small amount of comedy because we don't – and by that I don't mean that we're only going to talk a small amount because we usually talk more – I know this is the Subjective Comedy Podcast, but we rarely talk about comedy. So, who are some of your favorite comedians? Um, do you, are, do, are you a fan of stand-up comedy? Yeah, yeah, big fan. I okay. love uh, Margaret Cho, um, Amy Schumer. It's pretty funny. I love Louis C.K. Chris Still? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? He's never pretended not to be a dirtbag. He's very open about it, and I was except proud. for now that he's been caught for it. That's the only issue I've had with the. I mean, his whole his act before that. It's I was not talking the about. only issue, but one issue I have is he's doing a comeback right now, and he's not addressing it. Right. And he, if anyone is going to be commit what do what he did that got him shame. And he should at least talk about Well, it. who else? I mean, well, it he, sounds like something out of his act. He talked about that before, though. He talked about what a dirtbag he is. He does, have a, everything he, he does does have a joke about forcing his, or not forcing, but having his dog lick peanut butter off of his it's balls. All, it's, he's always been nasty. So when, when they said that, like, the thing that I found, you know, about his case to be different is he never forced him. He didn't commit a crime. Dave Chappelle actually said that recently yeah, as well. He asked permission. Hey, you want to watch me jack off? Like, that's now this is, exactly now the story, what I would expect from him. We do need to say that the story with him and the two female comics at the festival has been reported as he was aggressive about it and blocked the entrance. Yeah. And sometimes I don't think... In those situations, and I don't know because I was not there, right. uh, but it's some, I do know, like, I think in general in those situations, I feel like you're not giving a woman consent if you're blocking the door, you know, right. as a man, because you're kind of forcing them into where if they feel unsafe to say no, that to me is not a yes. I have just heard, like, from the women. Sarah Silverman said he's asked. Right, right. That's what I heard from, you know, all the women was that he asked before he did it, and they felt like they were put in a position, but they still could have said no. Right. Thank you. <laughs> no, right. And honestly, I, like... I would... You know what? If he asked me, I would be like, yeah, I'll watch. <laughs> if Louie asked you to that I would have totally watched and I would have been amused and <laughs> I would not taken offense. I would have been glad that he asked because... Honor, fellow. I've actually done that in my presence without asking. And it is shocking. Like... Really? Really. It's, it's Who happened. was this? 
uh, I don't even remember names. But well, no, 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 I don't mean names, names, but like who were they in relation to your life? Just strange people, you know. Okay. Just, you know, out hanging out with whoever, going different places, and you know, in a room with four or five people, and a dude just takes it out and starts like, and he's like, "You don't mind if I do this?" Like while he's doing, and he's like, "You don't mind if I?" Do yeah, this. see, that's also not really asking for <laughs> right. It's, it's too late it's, by then. He's going by the philosophy: <laughs> easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Right, I'll right. just start jerking off, and if somebody's got an issue with it, I'll apologize. Right. Like I didn't get. The, I, I didn't get the notion that he would stop if I <laughs> said I had a problem with Did it. Did you feel unsafe? Um, I think I was just a little shocked. How how old were you at this time? I was a grown woman, you know, mid-20s. Okay. Mid-20s, and, and it's happened more than once. You know, people are just weird, so it's really just, you know, watch where I put myself. If you don't mind what we do this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was like, I just, you know, it's one of those things. I like to multitask. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you, what, what are some of the, uh, you have spirituality as one of your passions. What, what do you mean by spirituality? Um, witchcraft. Are you, oh, I was getting ready to say, are you religious? No. Because uh, it's, this, this is, so that's, that's a good representative of Austin is we're in Texas. Right. Texas. <laughs> we're like, it's Jesus. You know what I mean? Or uh, Austin tends to be the exception. In Austin, it's Jesus. Right. <laughs> People in Austin are pretty eclectic. Um, any other city that you go to, it's going to be more religious, more uptight. So how did you, is it, do you, is the term witchcraft or wicked? Um, or no, either? Wiccan, Wiccan is a religion. Okay, so this but is not, not. Yeah, I don't. I don't subscribe to anybody else's. So what is the? What does this entail? What? What? Kind of, what did, tell me what it means to be involved. Is that how you say involved in witchcraft? Um, how would you describe like what? Be, well, it's 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 a. Do you just say you're a witch? Right. It's a practice. So you're a witch. I'm a witch. Yeah. This. Oh my God. This, <laughs> we may have to make this the last interview of the episode. Okay. So, hold on. It's a game changer. Let's. Let's. You gotta flip. It. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to call this Odyssey Austin. <laughs> Forget about that. Um, so first, how did you, what age did you first discover witchcraft? Well, when I was younger, I was too busy being put upon by religion. And so for a long time, I pushed everything away, everything to do with God, spirits, angels, anything. Anyone's religion, I just like shunned it all and believed in nothing. And um, I've just had a lot of experiences in my life that have proven to me that there are spirits at work. What kind of experiences? Um, I have visions. Um, synchronicities, you know, what... What kind of visions of, do you have? What do you see? Um, well, I had a vision of my oldest son when I was five years old. Oh, wow. I knew what he was going to look like, what he was going to do, what he was going to be. Um, things like that where I can see the future and know what's going to happen. Um, how is this dreams. interview gonna go? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even nervous. Like, oh, awesome! You have just great energy, and I don't feel uncomfortable at all. And you're very funny. So, oh, thank you. Z- the listeners probably disagree. There are people <laughs> writing angry tweets well, right now. If they're listening to you, then there's something. They they're can. waiting for a failure. Oh, yeah, you know, but I'd love to see that. So, guy. okay, so at, you said you got basically turned off by being. By having religion for pushed on you, right? So how? At what age did you d- 
decide I'm going to get into witchcraft? And how were you introduced to it? The, the second I learned about it, you know, not not like, um, you know, satanic witchcraft, that stuff. You know, I had seen that stuff in books and, you know, it didn't, I mean, it looks awesome on, you know, Ozzy and, you know, on MTV and stuff. So I'd seen it there, but it didn't really call to me in any sort of meaningful way. Um, my my in, induction, I guess, into true um, paganism was on a blue moon night. You know, I was out at the lake just by chance with all these people, and they happened to be doing a magic circle. And I hadn't... What is a magic thing. circle? Well, when a group of pagans get together, you know, they uh, perform a ritual. You know, and, and there's always somebody who's leading the pack, who organizes the ritual, brings the materials, and... The snacks. They, well, yeah. that uh, There's always, uh, I think in this case, it was wine and chocolate that everybody shared. It's part of the ritual. So that's debunking the stereotype that is, it because, you know, most people I would think, oh, it's witchcraft, so the snacks are going to be the heads of bats and uh, goats. Uh, but no, also, yeah, I, of blood. I will say when you said magic circle at first, I just imagined a lot of sly-hand magicians standing in a circle doing <laughs> tricks for each other. Just like, right. hey, take your card, take your card. And he's just pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Um, and there's a lot of discrepancy. Like what, what are the rituals? Well, people who do real magic take offense to people who do pretend magic. Yeah. But I love both. Like, I do So it's like pro wrestling. Tarot cards. It's like pro wrestling. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that magic. I mean, that magic. People who are in UFC stuff. are like, we don't like the fake wrestling. Right. So you don't fall into that category, though. I, I, I create my own path. I create my own rituals. I create my own materials. What rituals were they doing that night where, uh, under the blue moon? That night, um, it was just kind of generic, really. Can you give me an example of what other rituals are and what they, like, yeah. what do they accomplish, I guess? Well, I mean, it, it just depends. You can accomplish whatever you set your mind to. Um, but there's times of year, you know, they celebrate the festivals, the Wheel of the Year, um, Summer Solstice. Did you say the Wheel of the Year? It's called the Wheel of the Year. And, you know, there's festivals all the way around. And uh, the, the Christian holidays are based off of pagan festivals. So they fall around the same time. But... Yeah, there's a movie called Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. You remember <laughs> Kirk Cameron? I do. I had a crush on him in junior high. I'm so embarrassed about you that. Would, well, uh, no, like, and what's messed up is uh, he, would, he would spend his entire time with you right now just throwing holy water on you. He is such a douche. Oh, my God. I, I've seen him a few times since then. I'm just like, good. God, he's so unattractive now. There's, there's at the beginning of the movie, it's him sitting in a chair in front of this tree, and he's like talking about Christmas, and he's like, and I love hot cocoa, <laughs> and then he's holding a big cup of cocoa, but then one of like he, his brother-in-law, is sitting in his car at, at the Christmas party, and Kirk Cameron goes to find out what's wrong, and he tells him uh, he feels like Christmas has become too commercialized, and people have forgotten it's not about, not enough about Jesus. And I thought that's a strange reason to act, you know, like... All mopey. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sitting by yourself. And also, I don't think that this was, like, a, a scripted movie for Kirk Cameron. I feel like they just told him, hey, there's somebody sitting in the car sad about Jesus. And he immediately went into the car and just started talking to is the this, guy. This is, like, a real movie? This is a real movie. No, it's not a documentary. It seems like Kirk for Kirk Cameron it is, I'm saying. Like, the other guy, everybody else was that. It was a script. Is everybody else making fun but of But they him? just told Kirk Cameron, like, hey, this guy's 
stat about Jesus and Kirk Cameron went into action and they just hooked up cameras. Because then he starts telling them about all these stories for Christmas and one of them is about the pagan holiday of it. And so... uh, Have you seen his actual... um, What do you call it? When they they fire off at you about Jesus. I can't think of what it's called. Church. Mm. No, but they do it on the street corner. Mm. Evangelism is what it is. Oh, you know what's crazy? The last episode of this podcast was my daughter is gay and I took her to her first pride parade this past year and there was one of those guys with the megaphone from Jimmy Hart. God hates you. God yeah. hates fags. One of those and guys. So I've done this a few times. Uh, once while my daughter was even in the car there was somebody standing there with outside of a Planned Parenthood. I talked to these people because I feel like I can get to a real conversation at some point because you can't reason with them. Well no no, but here's the thing, I don't try to, but I also don't jump to the other side of yelling at them and right. screaming. I just have a normal conversation and every time they try to use the same tricks on me that get everybody else riled up, when I don't get riled up, they will usually eventually break down and become a normal person. Mm-hmm. And then I can talk to them about Drag it. Them back and we to can the walk land of reason. <laughs> As much as I think I can, honestly. Like, That's and then beautiful. at the end, Somebody we just to do it. they're never going to agree with me, and I'll never agree with them. But then at the usually at the end, I can shake their hand and walk away because I tried to tell my daughter, I'm like, look, I that I hate that guy, like as or I hate that person's beliefs. And but they that, hate they hate everything. Yeah, that's, that's what I tried to tell. I actually screwed that whole thing up. <laughs> I don't hate that guy. I hate that guy's beliefs. I don't hate that person. That's where we were able to have a civil conversation. And the last. Uh, episode, there was one of those guys at the Pride Parade my daughter was at, and so I started talking to him, and uh, PopCon Indy, it's this big pop culture convention, mm-hmm. and they have a big podcast stage where all these uh, live podcasts, I was talking about it earlier, do, and it's a lot of niche podcasts just like doing their show to each other, and it, you know, I try to do something that either involves the live crowd, usually like our, a couple episodes ago, we had our Battle of the Sexes I was making fun of people and giving them prizes I found around my house, like <laughs> one shoe, uh, ashtrays to children. And uh, the second – I they they asked me to do a second episode. And so when I was at the Pride Parade, I thought, well, what's better than having this guy come to the pop culture convention full of gay people <laughs> and debate me on the podcast stage? That's awesome. And the whole point of it was just, look, we're going to have a civil discussion about this. And be able to walk away not hating. Like, I think both sides have to stop yelling at each other. As much as I agree with the other side, we have a lot of that, too. Where When we scream back at them, we are not getting anything accomplished. We're not convincing them to give up their opinion and, and position. We're doing the same thing they're doing. I love the guys that came out. <clears throat> you know, the um, what, what's that church with the God Hates Fags sign? Westboro Baptist yeah, Church. Yeah, those people. Those people are so offensive. And I loved, the, the best response to them I ever saw was the, the Harley Davidson guys that came out and just, bruh, just drowned yeah. them out. You know, because they were protesting a soldier's funeral. I mean, yeah. they're just, you know, they get all their attention. Well, they, that's that's what they want. And that was my whole point to him was, if you're doing this to sincerely get your message out, this is not, like, the right way to do it. It's a bad marketing strategy. You're not getting the message out. If you, What if you go a different approach? And basically the approach I gave him was, like, talk to people like a civil human being 
and then see if they if they're interested in hearing your position. And if they're not, leave them the fuck alone. You yeah. know what I mean? Why they do it? But we can't be in reruns already. So, <laughs> um, where were we? Were even at? Oh yeah, 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 witchcraft. Yeah, that's. Well, a, that's I mean, I don't need any more notes. In <laughs> fact, I get. Uh, by the way, if uh, Virginia is uh, a musician and plays several instruments, what instruments do you play? I play uh, 12-string acoustic, I play mandolin, I play piano. Uh, mandolin, violin? No, just mandolin. I, oh, wait, is that the little... Yeah, it's a little bluegrass. What else? 12-string, mandolin, what else? And piano. And piano? Just the three? Yeah. Just the three, like, extremely difficult instruments to <laughs> learn and play. If you want to hear music, you can go to ReverbNation.com slash VirginiaHeaven. That's V-I-R-G-I-N-I-A-H-E-A-V-I-N. E-N. E-N? Yep. I thought you spelled your name with an email. Oh, okay. And speaking of your email, if you're enjoying her content, you want to donate to her music or witchcraft uh, you know uh, hobbies and activities and crusade (laughs) help support the people that give us content for the show Uh, you can go to her her PayPal which is vheaven that's v-h-e-a-v-i-n at yahoo.com so let's get back to witchcraft so you discover it after being pushed too far by religion and a night under a blue moon with a magic circle that is not magician's <laughs> well, performing sleight of hand. That's when I really, you know, it was quiet, it was beautiful, and, and you know, the, the blue moon, the moon itself, when on a night like that, it's so, there's so much energy flowing that it was undeniable. Like my whole body was buzzing, my hands were tingling, and I really felt the magic. And I was sold. I mean, that, that was the first real spiritual experience that I'd had. So, how did you get to this, literally, this place? Under the blue moon. Like, how, how did you end up around these people? Yeah, just by chance. I was hanging out um, with a couple of friends. They were camping out there. And I went out there to see them. And um, and I'm bisexual, by the way. We're talking about gays. But I was with a girlfriend at the time. Going to see two other lesbian friends of mine. And the woman that I was with was Catholic. And so it, we all just kind of... <coughs> the magical group was separate. And we all just kind of merged together. But when I started to become involved in the circle, the Catholic woman that was with me got really freaked out. Like, she was really scared. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it, and she left. Like, it was it was funny to me because, you know, I, I don't have those fears. Yeah. You know, religious people, and, that, and that's why they're well, okay, so what? So then let me ask you this. So you said when you got in, into the magic circle, mm-hmm. what... Paint the picture for me as to what people are doing in the circle. So that, because I'm trying to imagine why she got freaked out. Because I don't see anything, but I'm, because, I'm trying to. Uh, there was a a star on the ground. You what know, was the, the like, how was what, how was the star put there? Well, there's there's a difference. Like was it know, paint or fire? Because it's <laughs> no, <laughs> I it was stones. Oh, okay, it stones. Was stones, and everybody was standing around the circle, and there was a a pentacle, and you know the the pentacle with the upright five pointed star. When religious people see that, they, they think, Satan. think it's the reverse. You know, Satanism takes good symbols and they reverse them to, and they, you know, reverse the Bible and they reverse everything. And that's kind of their thing. You know, they take the good stuff and then they reverse it and make it bad. Um, but an upright pinnacle to me, you know, is a sacred symbol. It's not scary at all. But, you know, people who are, who are really kind of ignorant of, 
symbolism and you know what all of it means when they see something like that they have a, a visceral reaction because the religion demands that you be fearful and attack anything that that looks like the devil yeah so that's why so she, they do that so she, okay so uh there's the stones forming the so it's basically the, a prayer circle okay that's what they do you know the same thing they do at catholic mass it's very similar okay them. what are they praying to um, they pray to the horn god and the goddess of the moon. You know, the they pagans believe in a mother and a father figure. You know, of course, pagans believe in many, many things. Pagans believe in whatever they want to. So they just, I mean, because I mean, if you think about it, God's a single dad, right? Right. We've never had, you know, uh, Louis no, C.K. No single dad ever had kids without a woman. That's at true. Some point. That is true. Uh, Although he's also a little more like Casey Anthony. He did murder his own child. <laughs> well, Christianity is the only religion I've seen that actually had the balls to just remove the mother. Just took her out and replaced her with the, the Holy Ghost, you know, the Trinity, right? The Trinity is ancient. Yeah, you would almost... Man, woman, child. That's the, that's the Trinity, you know, over thousands of years, multiple cultures. Man, woman, child. And Christianity is like, nope, man, child, ghost. <laughs> Which is a strange Fuck relationship. <laughs> that is strange. You know what? It's yeah. That is very very. I, so I practice goddess-based spirituality, <coughs> feminine spirituality, and I have multiple deities that I work with. You know, I, I work with the spirits that come to me, and they come to me. And they show me who they are. They show me their symbolism. I recognize them, but it's very intuitive, and it's energetic. I can feel it when something spiritual. It's it tingles in my body. Um. And you, now you said you were a grown woman, probably like mid to late 20s right. uh, when this happens. Um, take me, what, so you now have learned about it. Right. What's the next study. step? Like, was it one of those things? Was it, was it like someone that discovers, because if you, have you ever seen the people who discover Christianity for the first time and they, they're just... That's all they talk about. It consumes their life in the initial stages. I'm very consumed with it, but I try not to talk too much about it to people because I, most of the time I just get this blank stare. It's only when people ask me about it. Do I, you know... Well, I'm talking about initially, though. When you first, like, after the, the... So what happens the day after the blue moon? I mean, is that was that the start of your path to witchcraft as a personal yeah, choice? That's when I started picking up books and, you know reading cards and just absorbing everything that I could find about it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, reading uh, tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Did you bring any with you? I do. I always <sighs> have some with me. Can you read mine on the air? Yeah. Let's do it. Are you sure you want to do Hell that? yeah, I want to do this. They're pretty personal. <laughs> no, let's do it. Here we go. So, is there any questions you want to ask about, or would you like to just see what the cards have to say? Um, a lot of times they'll tell you what you need to hear, regardless of what your question is. But if there's anything in particular you want to know about. Let's see. And I'll tell you what the cards typically do talk about. Um, they talk about relationships. They talk about circumstances. They talk about finances. They talk about communication, um, emotional exchanges, marriage, divorce. Where will Kawhi Leonard sign? <laughs> is that sports? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think they don't have that? Okay, okay. Either. Uh, let's go with... No, I'm you not, could I'll always invent a new deck for sports fans, I guess. Let's go with just what the cards say. Okay. I'm, let's see what they think. Mm -hmm. 
when did you start the tarot card reading? I've been doing it for, well, I started it 20 years ago, but I've been reading every day, like fully studying it um, for a couple years now. Oh, wow. The Hierophant and the Chariot. The Hierophant is about uh, religious organizations. It's also about commitment and contracts. Speaks about marriages a lot of times. And the Chariot is about moving forward, leaving things behind, you know, taking your head and heart into balance and propelling yourself forward, possibly from a marriage, a relationship, or a contract. You had previous? Could it possibly be leaving behind the hookers from Super 8? <laughs> I don't think they qualify under these uh, religious contracts. These are contracts, religious or otherwise. You know, this is about uh, maybe the leader of a religious community, or you know, a lot of times the hierophant will represent a marriage contract. Oh, wow, so I'm going to get married soon. So this is... You know, if this was on this side of it, I would say you're moving towards a marriage. This way, I'd say you're moving away from it. You know what? It's right. I have moved so far away, I have never done it. <laughs> and you know, the chariot's good. You're moving forward, you know, in, in a victorious manner. So this is just saying I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, because it's saying, look, we know you've never been married, but you're moving even <laughs> further away from ever being married. It could just be, you know, a committed relationship. You know, it's more it's more about contracts and uh, tradition. So the Empress in reverse would be... Um, an ex-wife or a mother figure. Okay. And underneath the hierophant, I would say that's maybe the breakup of a relationship. Mm. And yeah, um, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. <laughs> on here. Yes, one hundred percent. This is. This is uh, your, I went through the details of my entire breakup with my long termed girlfriend, which was like two years, I think, and went through... That's your longest term relationship. I know, right? Sad. Uh, and that was my first breakup ever. You said what? I heard you talk about it on your set, and it sounded like y'all had been together for a long time. Well, this here... The, that's just for the show. <laughs> this is a not accepting or rejecting an offer of love. You know, this is kind of being bored with circumstances, and maybe you've had an offer... You didn't accept or reject, or maybe you're off making an offer that is not being accepted or rejected. That's a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of rejection. But luckily, I've I've done comedy, so right. I've gotten outlet. I've gotten uh, adjusted to it. Justice in the reverse. Um, justice is about uh, things being fair and balanced in your life. Um, it can also represent a court situation, such as a divorce, something like that. Um, in the reverse, maybe you feel like, uh, you know, something's not fair, something's not balanced. Maybe you're not getting your just due in some aspect of your life. And uh, this card here. Five cups. Five of cups. In the upright, it's about being sorrowful and mourning a loss. And in the reverse, it's about getting over it. Someone in my life's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know what? This looks to me like it's talking about your breakup. And moving forward, taking action. That's good. We needed a final action. segment for that whole series. <laughs> Brad, break, watch 2017. Yeah. yeah, Nine of Swords in reverse. You're not worried about it anymore. You're not losing any sleep over it. You hear that, Molly? <laughs> Malls? 
I'm over you. Seven of Swords in reverse is, uh, you know, in the upright, it's about lying, cheating, stealing, you know, surreptitiously removing yourself from a situation, like show me the back door mm-hmm. kind of energy. In the reverse, maybe somebody got caught doing something like that, or maybe all the secrets have come out, the lies have come out, whatever's going on has been revealed, and uh, it's no longer in the dark. You know, what comes, what's done in the dark will come to light. Seven of Pentacles is about um, waiting, watching, investing your time and energy into something that's going to bear fruit. Two of Pentacles in reverse is about dropping a situation. In the upright, it's about juggling. Juggling work, at home, relationship, kids, everything you have to do, you're juggling, juggling, or maybe you're juggling a decision, maybe to do with finances. Pentacles are about money, stability. And when in the reverse, it's dropping a situation. Maybe it was money. too much to handle, right? <laughs> oh, well. Queen of Cups. This is uh, a loving woman. You know, this is... That's funny. This is actually my card in the tarot. Hey! <laughs> this is a water sign. Did you bring me money and then you're going to break my heart? <laughs> this is a water sign. Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio. Ooh. And uh, a woman who... Scorpios like to fuck, don't they? They do. Mm -hmm. They do. That's what I know. That's the. That's my number one thing I know about astrology. Is oh yeah, if if she's a Scorpio, she a freak. Holy shit! Look at that. Ten of Cups is. uh, I dare say my cup runneth over. This is a beautiful, fulfilling, emotional relationship. Hey. Happy family card. So yes. <laughs> it's taking a weird turn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! It's you as you. You came up before the happy family one. Well, Queen of Cups. Queen of Cups is a woman you know that loves you. I'll I'll bring my shit down in a week, <laughs> <laughs> babe. Queen of Cups. That's a great card. That's the card everybody wants. So you know, ideally, that's the the end result of a happy relationship. Holy shit. Any questions? So many. Uh, but, so, that, okay, that was amazing. So how long have you, uh, you said you've been doing this for a couple years. Do you do them professionally? Like I do. Four people? Nice. Yeah. Uh, how can people, maybe in the Austin area, if they're listening, find those? Um, they can just email me. And that, again, is vheaven at yahoo.com. That's V-H-E-A-V-I-N at yahoo.com. And check out ReverbNation.com slash Virginia Heaven. But that is V-I-R-G-I-N-I-A-H-E-A-V-E-N. Um, okay, so again, with the witchcraft. Um, what, ha, have you had a negative reaction from someone that you've talked about? Because I will say this. I'm an atheist, I think. Like, more agnostic. Right. Which, like... Which I was for a long time. Because, yeah, I, I just... I was just rejected everything. I know how dumb I am, and so I don't <laughs> know. I don't know what happens after you die. I don't know any of that. So I consider myself agnostic. But if you do say agnostic, people are like, you're taking the easy way out. You know, like... The easy way out. Which is stupid, because it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just being honest and saying I don't know. The easy way is conforming with all the, you know... Yeah. With the crowd and whatever. Well, but... But it's also a nicer way to say atheist in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Because Indiana is very religious. So people get up in arms about that because of the fear, you know, and that's my problem with religion is it's it's fear based. 
They threaten you with what's going to happen in the afterlife in order to force you to conform in this life. And they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, I've died. I can, I've been there, and I know. So nobody else can tell me what's going to happen to me after I died. Yeah. Oh, how? <laughs> how what, was it, were you, did the old Mexican lady burn down the house? <laughs> No, it was uh, just a, a freak occurrence. I was taking a pharmaceutical medication that interfered with my body systems, and I was taking something else, and it caused my body to shut down, and I died. And, of course, they brought me back, and, you know, I it was like I was gone for a thousand years. I, mean, I saw all kinds of stuff on the other side, but you know what I didn't see? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> You have, to, you have to take uh, a right, and it's at the Super 8 right, down right. the road. I know, right? I see a hell of everyday driving. Just Uber. walk past the heroin addicts in the hallway and uh, go. Right. I you... saw hell last night, shit, right after I, I left here. I was at the Walgreens. Well, not here. Well, not <laughs> the here, Super but right after I let, dropped you off, I went to the Walgreens. And uh, it was right across from McDonald's, so I usually I'll get a coffee, and I'll pull over and just kind of take a minute. And there was this man eating something out of the garbage. Like, he was just really, really big, fat guy. And, like, and I walked out of the store, and he was there just shoving food in his mouth. And I, I caught that image, and I was just like, ooh, you know. And I had to walk past him to get to my vehicle. Oh. And he says something to me, and I didn't understand it because his mouth was full of food, right? And I was just so revolted from just the image and the fact that I had to walk so close to him. And he swung around, he's like, hey. Give me some change to get something to eat. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, just the look of him was just purely demonic. It was so disturbing. Like, it was Did you give him change? Fuck no. I didn't have any change, but at the same time, I was like, I couldn't get away from him fast enough. How much is a soul? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I guess that's relative. Like, right. Wait. Good. Right, right. Um, you mean like as far as what do people bargain with the devil? No, I assume that's what he eats, and that's probably how much change he's asking for. <laughs> what What happens when you die? You said you you saw it, you you experienced I think, it. I think it has a lot to do with your belief system. I think whatever you think is going to happen Whoa. is what you're going to create. Because really, the power of the mind, the power of the spirit, you know, that's that's free from the body. So once you're out of the body. There's no time. There's no space. You know, you can move across timelines. You can move across lifetimes. You can move across levels. What what time in history would you go to? I went forward a few lifetimes, and I got to see how karma works. You know, I got to see one thing in this life, and how if you don't settle it in this life... Of course, talking life, about the record store. <laughs> well, it, it multiplies over time. So I, got, I just got to see everything... Um, it was just a different perspective. I got to see, you know, the relativity of, you know, one lifetime to another. And Did you see society in the future? Um, no. No, I was, I was really just looking at, at myself and, and the things that I have to work through and the different lives that I've lived. Did you see our future? <laughs> <laughs> no, no visions around that. Ah, uh, damn, the cards. They do, you know, they surprise me all the time. I don't see everything. I just see... So then how did you... What was it like when you came back to life? Like, when they revived you, like, you, while you're kind of, like, looking at these, 
lifetimes and everything, did it was it like all of a sudden a guy opens the door and he's like, oh, <laughs> not your time, kid. And he comes and grabs you. No, I just, uh, I woke up in my body and my father was sitting over me and he was, you were very sad. And uh, how did you feel? Was it like a hangover? Was it, did, was there any physical change when you were back in your body? I, you know, once I came back, I was totally fine. Like I didn't, I didn't have any pain or anything like that. Um, I had guilt and sadness because my father was st- sitting over me, and and the first thing he said was, "Well, it's my birthday today, <laughs> <laughs> and you're dying on it." I felt like such an asshole. It's always gonna be about you, Virginia. <laughs> I guess it's always gotta be about him. Never mind that I'm dying. Was he it's was he standing over you eating cake? <laughs> Did he have a plate of cake? He... he was he was very sad. Uh, so okay, holy cow, that was just. You just <laughs> casually mentioned I died. I'll take you to some deep, dark chasms. Let's go. <laughs> That's the Scorpio. Yeah. Are you a Scorpio? Yeah. Oh, I'm, shit, yeah. Almost my whole chart is in Scorpio, including my son. Really? Yeah, because yeah, what are the different charts? I know, like, I remember, so I had a roommate. Uh, he was the guy that I started comedy with. Uh, he passed away last October. Thanks for bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> feel free to take that. That is a... Uh, uh, the best joke over here. But he was super into astrology when we had an apartment together. So he was always talking about everything. And so, like, I know you have the sun sign, which is, like, kind of your dominant personality traits. Right. But then you have a moon sign, yeah, which is, like, yeah. your secondary uh, traits. Right. You have your sun, moon, and rising, which are, you know, the most prevalent. <clears throat> how you are on the inside, how you are on the outside, how you behave emotionally and intellectually. Um you find your chart, you know, you, you can pull it up online, free birth chart. You put in the, the date and the time that you were born, and it'll give you your basic 10 planets. You know, it'll give you your sun, moon, rising, and then your Mars, Venus, all the other planets listed. And wherever these planets were in that moment when you were born are going to be your signs for each one. So I have Scorpio, at my entire chart except for my moon and my rising. Holy shit. <laughs> and uh, Very Scorpionic. Uh this Texas whiskey is getting me. Uh, <laughs> what what do each one of them mean? Oh, oh. is it too much to go through? <laughs> yeah, you can cut that out. And it's it is just like you know magic and spirit work. There's so much to know. It's it's really hard to explain just you know in a nutshell for anybody. It's something that you, if you're if you're called to it, you study it and you're constantly seeking out knowledge. And then the spirits come and they will show you things. You know, once you learn how to look, they'll show you. So. It's not really something that I can just convey, you know, on a dime. Like, it's something that you... And I am asking you to do a lot of work. <laughs> well, Read my tarot cards. With my, with my spirituality. No, this is fascinating. But, okay, let's move off of that. We spent a lot of time on witchcraft, pretty much the whole interview. Um, so you are a painter, a sculptor, and a tattoo artist. Yeah. Uh, pretty much all things creative. If I can make something out of something, that's what I love to do. I work with my hands. What's the What's your favorite thing you... Two-part question. What's your favorite thing you've sculpted? And second part, did you sculpt it with Patrick Swayze sitting behind you? <laughs> Kissing uh, my neck? Yes. No, unfortunately not. Um, I make stuff all the time. Um, lately, what I've been doing, um, I make... Oh, what is it? Um, trying to think of the material. 
you know, well, I make stuff out of clay and then I make like um, a rubber mold of it mm-hmm. so that I can then make candles in that shape. Oh. So the last thing I made was a, a penis candle mold. <laughs> <laughs> the Josh Springer, he's the inventor of the Bottoms Up Beer System. He's also a budding comedian. And he has a joke that he considers himself a sculptor, but his girlfriend tells him that he's not a sculptor just because he shapes everything he gets his hands on into a penis. <laughs> uh, that was my first penis sculpture, though, but it was uh, for a good reason. What color is it? Black? <laughs> well, the we didn't have enough the materials. Clay is gray, right? The clay is gray, and uh, silicone is what I was trying to think of. The silicone mold is just white. <laughs> and uh, the candles are going to be different colors because in witchcraft, you know, the you know they use penis-shaped candles. Really? Yeah. For uh, what I consider that would be a very strange-looking menorah. <laughs> <laughs> right, all these penises on it. Yeah, classic. We light a penis for each day of Hanukkah. Um, they're all uh, circumcised. So, uh, painting. What's your what kind of painting do you do? I paint of my visions, you know, the things that I see in my dreams. A lot of them are like uh, portals, you know, with spirits around. Anything scary? Spirit bodies. I guess it could be scary. I mean, it, I guess it just depends on how it makes you feel when you look at it. What's the scariest thing you've painted? Um, it's just what I see in the spirit world. Oh, so it's it's kind of spooky. It's more spooky than anything. You know, they're they're intertwining spirit bodies and you know, crazy. people's auras and stuff. Uh, what color is my aura? Can you <laughs> see my aura? Do I have an aura? No. Damn. No, I don't see auras. Oh, like okay. I have to be in a <clears throat> in an altered state of consciousness to really have visions. <laughs> this isn't doing it to you. It's exactly. Texas whiskey. But I have to drink a lot of alcohol to put myself. Ah. Usually, it's like mushrooms, something like that. You know, hallucinogens, mm-hmm. they make it really easy. Um, I make a lot of natural medicines. You know, natu- I take natural I wanted to ask you about that because, yeah, you have that listed under hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So natural medicines, you're talking about mushrooms and... Right, well, that and, you know, all kinds of herbs and oils. Did you know that they, and it was in Texas, they used to use ecstasy for, like, couples therapy? Huh. What a great idea! Because it would, yeah, it would <laughs> bond them together. Right. Uh, but I feel like that's, we throw some Viagra that's in there too. As, yeah, as, <laughs> it's asking a lot for a marriage to then sustain on just you know Vaseline and blowing on each other's faces and right. listening to EDM. Do they keep them there? Or do they send them home with a prescription? <laughs> I think, I think they may keep them there because I think they like interview them and stuff yeah. while they're on it. And they have them on camera. Yeah, <laughs> they put just, them on YouTube. Just glow sticks. <laughs> all you see hey that's a great idea for couples therapy if they're having trouble bonding or connecting with each other yeah and now we don't do that right i know medicine's taken a steep downturn in the last 50 60 years yeah they want to they want to take all the fun stuff away they won't even relieve people's pain anymore no and yeah that is sad because like people are killing themselves it's protruding through the bone now is i think the starting point to getting painkillers prescribed and that's insane because like i was in a car accident probably a year and a half ago and i didn't go to the hospital initially because i didn't i knew nothing was broken or anything but then like i fucking was hurting you know the next day you know two three days 
And so, like, the day after, I went to an immediate care, and they're like, we're not going to prescribe painkillers. I'm like, ugh. Like, and really? They're, they're judgmental about right. it. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying. They treat you like you're some amoral bag of shit. A week's worth of Vicodin <laughs> isn't me getting into the opiate game. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to lead to heroin right away. And they're like, well, because we don't want to mess the pain. We want to find out the source. I'm like, the source is always in a car accident. The FDA won't and let them do their the job anymore. Yeah, because they're all terrified of getting <clears throat> arrested. Yeah, and they can lose their license. Um, have you tried Kratom? Kratom? I have not. Kratom. What is that? It is a natural substitute, and it acts on the body exactly the same as opiates. Really? In fact, I have some if you want to try it. Totally legal and absolutely works. Shit, hell yeah. We're going to party tonight here in <laughs> Odyssey, Austin. Um, okay, so. You can get it, you know, at any herb shop, any smoke shop. They sell it. And uh, it's very good medicine. Kratom. Kratom. K-R-A-T-O-M. Highly recommend it. And so the last two things I want to talk about. Tattooing. Yeah. You're a tattoo artist? I am. Um, what's, what, what is, give me an idea as to what you've. The tattoos you've done so far? Uh, I do my own tattoo art. Oh, wow, you're really good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's all it spirit-based. It's all very goddess-oriented. Um, I have tattooed... That goddess is naked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the only one on me that I didn't do is this one back here. And, uh, well, yeah, I imagine the I back of it. your arm would <laughs> be a little different. Oh, wow. It looks it, like a dude did it. It, it really does, because <laughs> I do notice his breasts are much more firm and perky and almost look like they're, they're implants. Fake. Yeah. yeah, they look fake as fuck. Uh, and my I mean, they look good, I though. I him didn't have nipples on it, so he just, he took his he did, he did the nipples. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the problem I have with other people marking me, because they do it by their own vision. and all Is that the only tattoo you've done on yourself? Uh, well, I mean, I have. A couple more. That one's about 20 years old. Is that the yin-yang sign? Mm-hmm. Is that Night or sublime? And then this is a uh, Celtic protection shield. Ah. Uh, it's like, you know, a painter doesn't paint their own house. Like, <laughs> I have so much more work to do on myself, and I wind up working on other people instead. But it's always uh, spiritual. The people that come to me for tattoos, you know, they come to me for spiritual work. So I'll do, you know, mandalas or, you know, there's, there's always a spiritual significance to... Can you give me a tattoo? <laughs> right now? No. <laughs> Probably not in the time that you have to be here. Uh, yeah. What, what would you want if I did? I was thinking about, uh, like, you know, that portrait of the old couple with, like, the pitchfork? Yeah. But I wanted it to be <laughs> Alf and Marvin the Martian. <laughs> Alf's holding the pitchfork. <laughs> he is the man in the relationship. <laughs> he eats pussy. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Okay, last thing I want to talk about is your music. Um, and, again, you can find, uh, if you want to listen to the music, you can find it at ReverbNation.com slash Virginia Heaven, and that is Heaven with an E. And if you would like to uh, donate, you can send a PayPal to V Heaven with an I, V H E A V I N at yahoo.com. Um, what you said you would describe as like folksy, right? Or bluesy? Yeah, kind of folk and blues. I mean, the one thing I hear the most, um, other musicians always tend to like my music when they say it's because they've never heard anything else like it. 
Like it doesn't fit into any, you know, predefined category. It's kind of in between folk and blues is where I would put it. And Austin has, a, I mean, this is a music town, right? And it prides itself on its live music venues. Right. Do you perform around here? I used to when I lived here. Um, I We did three gigs a week. You know, the problem with that, though, is they're all for free. Yeah. And people fight over free gigs here. It's insane. So I've, I've never experienced artists being that competitive. Oh, I, know, I mean, I noticed with the uh, just the comedy open mics, the... The two showcases so I did. To step over you to get your spot. Well, there's they they do three minute sets and it's like thirty comics and it's just I've been twenty fifth and thirty fifth on those oh, lists. You're not aggressive enough. I don't know anyone. You just slid a few. Throats. I should have been. I should have name dropped <laughs> to move up the free list. People accuse me of name dropping and I have not done that at all this weekend. They're just jealous. You got to use everything that you can. I know, right? And I'm, I wonder what those people that say, I'm like, well, what do you do with your names? You're just holding on to them? Like, <laughs> so much weirder than dropping what them. what names are for. Exactly. Like, what's why? The can't be what's dropped? the point of my friends being successful if I can't, you know, benefit, <laughs> profit, and, you can't and write on their use that success? <laughs> um, all right. I. We have a 22-part questionnaire we go over now <laughs> before every end of uh, interview. But, no, Virginia, thank you so much uh, for joining me. And it was a pleasure to meet you. And you didn't think this interview was funny. Comedy is subjective. I very much enjoyed it. I think you're very funny. And uh, thank you for having me.